0: I'm Afshin Ratanxi and welcome back to Going Underground, broadcasting all around the world from Dubai in the UAE. Well, while some consider Russia and China as winning this phase of World War III, it was arguably the war to end all wars, World War I, that comes to mind this week. NATO soldiers have been involved in violence just a few hundred miles from Sarajevo. Now, NATO is to add hundreds of soldiers to its thousands in Kosovo, not even recognised as a country by the UN or BRICS countries. It was arguably illegally under the UN Charter, recognised by NATO powers before the destruction of Europe's only constitutionally socialist state, Yugoslavia. Joining me now from New York City is the former President of the UN General Assembly, as well as former Foreign Minister of Serbia, Vuk Jeremic, now President of the People's Party in Serbia and the Centre for International Relations and Sustainable Development. Thank you so much, Vuk, for uh, coming on. The uh, situation moving very fast, uh, as I understand it, in uh, northern Kosovo. Uh, before we even get to the context, I better ask what has been in recent weeks the scale of the uh, violence by NATO-backed Albania militias, I suppose, in northern Kosovo?
1: Well, thank you first and foremost for having me uh, on the show it's uh, It's a privilege uh, to be here and have this conversation. Essentially, what has been happening in the last uh, few weeks in Kosovo is that uh, the Europe's most oppressed Ethnic group is actually uh,
0: a lot of competition for that, arguably. A lot of competition for Uh,
1: that. (laughs) Well, well, in our part of the world, for sure. Uh, And I'm talking about Kosovo Serbs. Kosovo Serbs, who are basically the most endangered ethnic group in the region of 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 the Balkans, if you will. So they're rising uh, against uh, a complete deprivation of uh, their. Basic human rights, and what uh, happened was that uh, NATO troops were uh, called in to uh, to calm them down, to push them away from um, uh, from the places where they were protesting, um, and uh, and it became pretty rough uh,
0: at a certain point. Why and how are they uh, oppressed? And of course, some people were asking, why did they reject the I, it's difficult. I mean, we have to sort of get on to what Kosovo actually is. Given uh, I'm speaking to you from uh, the UAE, but of course the global South has very different ideas as to what Kosovo is. It was uh, suddenly became a country in the 90s, but isn't a country to the UN. Uh, Albin Kurti called elections. Why did they boycott the elections if they're so oppressed? Why didn't they vote for someone they wanted in local I, elections? I really it was.
1: do think, think. I really do think we need to take a few steps back and to and to uh, basically say that uh, Kosovo is not a state. Uh, It is unfortunately recognized as an independent country by a number of powerful Western uh, capitals, I'd say. But the vast majority of uh, world population and member states of the United Nations as well uh, do not recognize Kosovo as a state. Serbia does not recognize Kosovo as a state for us. Uh, nor does Brazil, is, Russia, in India, China, nor does Brazil, Russia, Russia, India, Russia, China, or in South the, Africa. China, um, like three quarters of Africa, four-fifths of Latin America, vast majority uh, of Asian countries do not
0: recognize... So, uh, sorry to interrupt again, but then who is this Albin Curti person who says it is a completely independent state? Uh,
1: he's an extremist politician, uh, Albanian ethnic politician. Um, so extreme that even the biggest sponsors of Kosovo's independence and the supporters of Kosovo independence led by the United States of America are uh, having issues with him and don't know how to deal with him. He is currently leading the so-called government of Kosovo. He's the so-called prime minister uh, of Kosovo. But uh, a guy who has, in the past year and a half, shown very, very openly and blatantly that he wouldn't have uh, any of the Serbian uh, demands, reasonable demands, balanced demands, met uh, no matter what the cost is. Even if he loses the support of the United States, he wants to see Kosovo without Serbs. He wants to see Greater Albania being created by means of uh, putting together uh, uni- uh, uniting Albania and the so-called Kosovo Integrator Albania, and as a result of uh, his mindless decision a few days ago uh, to send uh, police Kosovo police force to uh, enter the buildings of uh, the municipal authorities in the north of Kosovo, we are having
0: these problems that we're discussing today. Because he says he can put and install Albanians in that uh, area as veteran municipality, uh, even though 3.4% of the vote uh, they got. Arguably, that's because the uh, Serbs there boycotted the vote, though, of course. So this is all happening, but Stoltenberg sends it, I mean, and wouldn't have done so without Washington's approval, no matter what we're hearing about the U.S. Ambassador Jeffrey uh, Hovenier saying, hey, uh, Albin Kurti, uh, don't overstep the mark here against uh, Serbia. I should say WikiLeaks has exposed uh, Albin Kurti as a person who was involved in activities that worried the State Department years ago. WikiLeaks, the persecuted uh, uh, company that of course revealed lots of uh, American policy. How, how do you think uh, the discussions went on in Brussels that uh, Stoltenberg presumably took a phone call from Blinken while Blinken publicly says steady on, they send in, what is it, 700 troops? Mostly what, young Italian men, Hungarian men into Kosovo to hit ethnically Serb people there on the border? Well, uh, my
1: opinion is that uh, Western leaders uh, and bureaucrats, uh, like uh, including those that you mentioned, they really don't know how to handle uh, Kurti right now. They, they made this Frankenstein. Uh, they helped him become the so-called prime minister of the so-called Kosovo government. And uh, now he is behaving uh, really as if he is a uh, a leader of an independent state and uh is not is no longer listening to the former puppet masters if you will so they are becoming a little bit nervous but essentially what you have in Kosovo uh because you were mentioning these elections that were uh boycotted and uh, the Albanian uh mayors in the northern municipalities uh Uh, They claim their mandate based on the 3% of the vote that they got and so on and so forth. Essentially what you have in Kosovo is a combination of apartheid and Palestine for all practical purposes. You have basically Serbs who live in ghettos, uh, Serbs who are deprived of their uh, most basic human rights. Serbian. Churches that are uh, in a very, very difficult situation, even when the so called Kosovo court uh, makes a certain decision when it comes to, uh, say, the property of Serbs or Serbian churches, uh, these decisions of the court uh, are simply not implemented just because the beneficiaries are Serbs or Serbian church. So basically, they have no basic human rights. It's a, it's an outrageous situation for Europe of the 21st century. And now on top of all that, you have an extremist uh, Albanian Kosovo so-called prime minister who simply wants to push them out altogether to have Kosovo without Serbs. and. That is a little too hard to digest, even for the staunchest uh, supporters of Kosovo independence, including the Western leaders and bureaucrats that you had just mentioned.
0: Obviously he'd deny being an extremist, he'd probably say he's a proud uh, Kosovan, and his sponsors, the European Union and the United States and Britain, would say uh, that's just not, well you're aware of the kind of propaganda, uh, arguably the anti-Serb propaganda that since the 1990s has painted the Serbian community in Europe as... um, as genocidal, some might say. You might want to tell me about what you, what do you think of that uh, propaganda. UN Security Council Resolution 1244.
1: I mean, come on. Uh, sorry sorry for, sorry for just interrupting yeah. you because what comes to my, to my mind when you are mentioning this is I don't know if you checked what happened uh, earlier this week in Paris uh, when Novak Djokovic uh, is playing as uh, a big tennis champion. And uh, at the end of the uh, match... You know that uh, the tennis players they approach the camera, they say a few words in the camera, and they also write a few words on the camera. So what Novak uh, Djokovic wrote was, "Kosovo is the heart of Serbia. Please bring peace." And now he is attacked.
0: He's attacked uh, in NATO nation the media. media,
1: in NATO nation media, you know, because he was calling for like I mean uh, that's the level of propaganda that we are talking about when it comes to when it comes to Kosovo unfortunately uh, Serbs have been portrayed for the past uh, 30 years as the sole uh, uh, negative actor actor to be blamed for every single thing. Of course uh, there is a part of the blame on the Serbian side for things. For certain things that have well, you're been a over the past 30 to 50 you're a years. Serbian opposition, you're a Serbian opposition
0: leader. But I've, so I've got to ask you, and I have to say, as regards uh, calling sure. for peace in Europe, uh, you know, what, look what happened to China when it wants to call for peace. some might say, UN Security Council Resolution One Two Four Four, and you know, who can answer these questions about the UN better than a former president of the UN General Assembly? Permits Serbia. This is presumably why they agreed to it, because, of course, some people in the Global South would wonder how on earth Belgrade ever agreed to the kind of terms of uh, partition uh, that happened. But we don't want to go there. There's a lot of history there. It permits Serbia to send 1,000 people to protect sub- Serb civilians uh, from arguable NATO aggression. Uh, would you say that uh, Vucic uh, in Belgrade should be sending, I mean, he said he's been sending the troops to the border. Should he be sending the thousand people into the area called Kosovo to protect uh, the men, women, and children of the Serb community there?
1: The situation is slightly more complex uh, because if you read the fine print, uh, the small print, if you will, of the 1244 resolution, uh, it actually defines the conditions under which uh, those troops can be sent into kosovo and not without the agreement with the nato with kfor mandate so uh it is not possible uh to just like uh, uh send in the troops uh you know, it's actually, debated,
0: isn't it, Without no. consultations. There are new, like all UN it resolutions, is, is. there are nuances to well, that. But
1: it's, but it's, yeah, of course, but like this would not be the first violation of Resolution 1244, because the uh, the Kosovo's declaration of independence itself and um, the recognitions of Kosovo by a number of Western powers were a blatant violation of the Resolution 1244. So what you're referring to would not be the first. Uh, a violation of the Resolution 1244. But I, I, I doubt that President Vucic is going to uh, do that. And the reason why I, I doubt it is that uh, um, I don't have a very high opinion of uh, his freedom to act uh, right now and his readiness uh, to act solely in the interest uh, uh, of uh, the Serbian people in Kosovo.
0: Vuk Jeremic, I'll stop you there. More from the former Serbian foreign minister and president of the UN General Assembly after this break. Welcome back to Going Underground. I'm still here with the former president of the UN General Assembly, Vuk Jeremic. Well, international courts, of course, have justified the uh, unilateral recognition, as you say, to some in violation of UN Security Council Resolution 1244 of Kosovo as a country in the first place. Of course, many in the global south, uh, most of the world, as you know, is going to be looking at this situation where in this region where the assassination of Archduke uh, Franz Ferdinand occurred 109 years ago, I think this week, they're going to be going... This is because Alexander Vucic and a proportion of Serbia, the majority, some would say, do not agree with NATO policy on Ukraine. And that the sudden announcements by uh, Blinken's uh, appointee, Jeffrey Hovenier, the U.S. ambassador uh, to Kosovo, saying, look, pipe down, is they can't have a second front against Russia because they see Serbia as not properly aligned to the cause of uh, delaying and... uh, Joseph Borel and and the Garden against the Jungle.
1: I think that uh, uh, the court uh, decision that you're referring to, uh, when carefully read, uh, actually uh, supports the Serbian argument that Kosovo cannot become a state uh, unilaterally, because it says in the decision of the court uh, from 2010 that the statehood must be determined by the Security Council. Uh, So based on the court's view, Kosovo has never been recognised by a a significant number of countries after that court's ruling.
0: I don't want to go too far Uh, down that line, but since you were a former president of the UN General Assembly, did you ever have coffee in the corridors of uh, the UN building in New York about this subject? Did people go... Uh, from oh. Britain, uh, the United States and France say, you know, you're talking nonsense. I mean, you, you nearly became Secretary General, of course. Maybe that was why you didn't become Secretary was, General and Guterres is there.
1: Yeah, I was, uh, I, I made it to the final though and then I... Uh, but
0: you think it's this view on Kosovo, this view on Kosovo that stopped you becoming Secretary General of the United Nations?
1: It probably had to do with my strong views on Kosovo, which I never shied away from from saying. Um, but uh, the vast majority of world countries, they see this uh, at face value. Uh, what was done in 2008 with the Unilateral Declaration of Independence of Kosovo, and then subsequent recognition by the United States of America, the United Kingdom, and a number of other Western allies was, uh, was a precedent of epic proportions. It was the very, very first time that somebody tried to create a state in the aftermath of the Second World War uh, using those unilateral means against the will of the Security Council, against the will of the majority uh, of the world nations. So what they realized uh, many, many years down the road uh, is that Kosovo cannot actually become a state without Serbia accepting it. So the only way for Kosovo to become an independent state proper, to become a member of the national community, is if Serbia actually accepts this. And that was, uh, that's the reason why the pressures on Serbia uh, are, are so big, because they realize they there is no other way. Uh, An alternative way would be to, you know, go to the Security Council and, you know...
0: And lose uh, against China and Russia. Uh,
1: Exactly. But then then you have two permanent members of the Security Council, that is Russia and China, that have said time and again, we are going to vote.
0: Okay, okay. if if it's about Serbia then, what pressure can NATO, the European Union, put to destabilise Serbia? What can they do to... Belgrade. You, I know he's your opponent, but uh, Vucic has managed to balance things uh, better than, I don't know whether you envy that position, whether you think you could have done better, but uh, it's quite a position to hold in Belgrade to uh, try and look forward to a multipolar world at the same time as uh, anyone who looks towards a multipolar world is arguably considered a, a proxy of Beijing and, um, and Moscow right now.
1: Well, uh, I actually think uh, quite differently. I think that Vucic is uh, West's best and only hope to deliver not just the independence of Kosovo, but also membership with Serbia uh, and the NATO in the future, as well as uh, resolution. He would deny that. You know he would deny that.
0: In the strongest terms, he would deny that. I mean, would you ever say this about the Nord Stream pipeline? No politician in the the world is ignorant of who committed sabotage in the Baltic, but we all pretend to be imbeciles and keep silent so as not to harm the interests of our countries. Hypocrisy is everywhere. Even if this happens to the Balkan Stream, the Turk Stream, we would somehow survive. Because, of course, there have been reports recently of perhaps uh, attempted sabotage of Turk Stream pipelines. Uh, That's not really going to endure himself to uh, von der Leyen and Stoltenberg and Blinken and Biden, is it?
1: Yes, but they do embrace him. On Nord Street. Yes, but they do. Yes, but they do embrace him. They do embrace him most warmly. They're working together very, very closely with him. He seems to be their darling in Serbia. And the reason is that... uh, the deal between the Serbian government led by Vodric and the West is the following. You can basically go and say whatever you like, but we want you to deliver. We want you to do what we tell you.
0: He hasn't put yesterday. the sanctions on. So, he hasn't put the sanctions so, uh, on. So
1: basically, uh, on the one hand, uh, he had agreed to the uh, completely outrageous term of the uh, agreement uh, between Serbia and Kosovo that would actually make sure that Kosovo becomes an independent state, and I'm referring to Brussels and Ohrid agreements done under the stewardship of the European Special Representative. Um, actually, one part of this agreement that Vucic had agreed to is that Serbia will not block Kosovo from joining international organizations. You remember a minute ago we were talking about how Kosovo can become a state? Well, only through a security council. In the security council, you have Russia and China who are saying, we're gonna do what Serbia asks us to do. Well, Mr. Vucic just agreed to like, not blocking uh, Kosovo and international organizations. So for as long as you commit to things like that, you are okay to say in your media, whatever you like.
0: Okay, so well anyway- that's I mean, as you... a deal. Well, the Moscow Beijing, you know, may have said that. They obviously, uh, even if uh, a future president of uh, uh, Serbia said that, I don't think there's any chance they would allow it. More generally, how do you think the uh, Ukraine conflict, uh, what it means for the Serbian people? I know I'm speaking to you from the UAE. Which is a big donor to Serbia on the level, some may say, of a future IMF level. Um, would you certainly say that they should be not using uh, IMF money for development in Serbia. They should be using either UAE investment or Brics Bank investment. Safer bet?
1: I don't think that the UAE is a big donor. Uh, it's certainly present uh, financially and present economically. Uh, I don't think that there are huge donations these days coming into Serbia. Well, it's not donations, we can it's talk loans. About investments. Yes, of course. It's loans, but that's quite different, you know, and there are loans and loans and loans and there are terms and terms and terms. But we all know about IMF loans and what happens to countries. Yeah, well, it's it's a long story when it comes to economics. But uh, when it comes to this uh, war in Ukraine, which is what you asked me, um, I think that the public opinion in Serbia is uh, distinctly different. Uh, from public opinions and most other European countries.
0: But what is it like? Uh, because there because was an anti, there was a big demonstration against the government, and then we saw that the pictures, which were not obviously shown on uh, uh, European Union, uh, arguably controlled media, of a massive support of the Serbian position. You would say some would say pro Vučić uh, position in Serbia, demonstrating the kind of unity. Is, it, is there a great unity, or is it demographically uh, split? between uh, pro-eo-neoliberalism? No, no, we're,
1: we're no, we currently have big demonstrations in Serbia against the government of Alexander Butch, but it has nothing to do with the foreign policy of Serbia. So I'm uh, one of those demonstrators. My party is one of the main organizers of these Israelis. And when it comes to foreign policy, uh, I'm... Very, very strongly. My party is very, very strongly against Kosovo's independence. My party is very, very strongly against imposing sanctions on anybody in the world, given that uh, experience of Serbia under sanctions but in the it 1990s. Isn't it a time for unity then? Was, was, it, was isn't it a
0: time for unity when the strain and stress on Belgrade has never arguably been uh, as harsh since, since the bombing of Belgrade? Bombing of the Chinese Embassy uh, of Belgrade. I, th-
1: I think it's overdramatic. It is not true that the pressure on Belgrade has never been higher. I was foreign minister at a time when pressures were far more higher, far more strong, uh, at around Kosovo's unilateral declaration of independence. Uh, those days you had uh, American Secretary of State uh, having Kosovo and the independence of Kosovo as number one priority on her schedule. Right now, Secretary of State of the United States has quite a number of other things uh, to deal with. So I think that uh, when you hear uh, from the leaders of the Serbian government, starting with Mr. Vucic, appeals uh, for unity, um, I think it's a manipulation. I think it's a, it's a terrible manipulation. What we need right now uh, is, uh, is, is a change that would bring about the government in Serbia uh, that is not prone for uh, foreign blackmail to foreign foreign blackmail or being pressurized into things that are against national interest.
0: Well, I suppose the main question then is, to a former foreign minister from that country, but also to a former president of the UN General Assembly, is uh, which way Serbia would have voted uh, ES-114, the envoys representing most of humanity, voted uh, not with the Americans to condemn Russia for what was happening in Ukraine. Would uh, you have voted with uh, uh, with the Americans?
1: So just for the record, because we were debating uh, Mr. Vucic's uh, foreign policy uh, outlook, uh, Serbia voted with the United States of America on that particular resolution. But the way that the people of Serbia see this war in Ukraine is essentially something very similar to what happened to us in 1999. Uh, because in 1999, there was a foreign military intervention uh, that was done without the uh, agreement of the Security Council. So NATO basically bombed Serbia for about 76 days. And the result of this special military operation of NATO, if you will, in 1999, Um, was a serious infringement of the territorial integrity of a UN member state, Serbia. So what's happening right now in Ukraine, uh, we see as something very similar. And and, and therefore, it it, it kind of creates outrage in Serbia when we hear in the Western media, oh, what is happening in Ukraine is the first time since the end of, the second world war that a country is attacked uh, and that the borders uh, are attempted to be forcefully changed well it happened to us and we live with this to this very day and 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 therefore um, therefore 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 the, the public opinion is kind of different in serbia from
0: public opinions that other european countries thank you thank you very much and that's it for the show. We'll be back on Monday with Dr. Harriet fried host of the podcast Capitalism Hits Home, on the day the U.S. was scheduled to run out of money without raising the debt limit. Until then, you can keep in touch via all our social media if it's not censored in your country and head to our channel, Going Underground TV, on Rumble.com to watch new and old episodes of Going Underground. See you Monday.